Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. I hope you all had a fabulous Thanksgiving. I know I did. I didn't get to go out to the field, unfortunately. However, it was a relaxing day. I also did a little bit of small business Saturday support outdoors in the country, a little inland in Virginia. That was nice to do. I didn't get to do axe throwing, so I was disappointed there. Today is Cyber Monday. I'm not going to indulge you guys on Cyber Monday deals, but a lot of outdoor companies have deals. If you're interested, you could take advantage of that. But the point of today's episode, before I do a Giving Tuesday episode, I'm going to do a brief one tomorrow about organizations you should support on Giving Tuesday. There are many conservation-minded energy groups and think tanks and organizations that I would love you guys to have on your radar. But today we're going to talk about meat. We're going to talk about the collapse of the fake meat industry, the FDA approving lab-grown meat, and Whole Foods caving to the Monterey Bay Aquarium's red listing of lobster from the store, removing it all together because they've bought into this scaremongering and unsubstantiated claim that lobster fishing is imperiling the North Atlantic right whale. All about meat. How could you not like meat? Meat is delicious. We can debunk the attacks on meat. And I'm going to use this episode to keep you guys abreast with what is happening with respect to meat consumption, because it does relate to conservation, with how they want to administer energy and environment policies, and how it could affect the overall quality of society, people's nutrition, and so much more. And also, your health, your ability to sustainably farm, to go hunting, and procure animal protein in the natural way. So that is what we'll talk about in today's episode. I am not fond of the government or woke corporations in this instance, trying to force behaviors on people, especially with respect to meat consumption or the lack thereof. There's been a trend in the last five to 10 years of companies trying to jump ahead of consumer interests. We see this in electric vehicle pushes. We see this in other industries, the FTX collapse, for instance, as well, where companies really go bold and say, you we're going to be on the cutting edge. You guys need to get in line. Investors, please invest with us because we see a high valuation of this product or of this service. And if you don't invest, you're going to be behind. And it turns out whenever these too-good-to-be-true industries collapse, it's always a gimmick in the beginning. They're always told it's going to be high valuation, it's going to be profitable, and that these fads are going to be embraced by Americans writ large. But it turns out to not be the case. The first example I want to point you to in our discussion about meat and meat consumption is the collapse of different entities like Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. I believe it was McDonald's who, after testing a McPlant burger, 
for the short time earlier this year, they discontinued and removed the product. I saw today that Nestle wants to put out plant-based chocolate chips, although chocolate chips are from cocoa plants. So it's redundant. It's already plant-based. But Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods have struggled a lot. And I'm reading from the New York Post. I think every major outlet has talked about this. But Beyond Meat has been embroiled with a lot of problems. And this is not just exclusive to them. It's also Impossible Foods. But Beyond Meat has had a lot of trouble recently. There have been discoveries at their various factories that they're ridden with mold, bacteria, and other health-related concerns. According to leaked internal documents revealing that their products at that are supposedly plant-based are testing positive for harmful bacteria like listeria at least seven, at least 11 times in the second half of 2021 and the first half of this year. The document details are pretty interesting and pretty alarming uh, by a former employee who was worried about the conditions, particularly one within an hour limit of Philadelphia and other ex-employees have confirmed about the various outbreaks and kind of unsanitary conditions. There were various contaminants, string, metal, wood, and plastic found in Beyond Meat products at the plant as recently as last December. And they have, according to Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg has actually obtained the different photos of the riddled products and work conditions, pretty gruesome stuff that showed what is happening inside this facility. Given this whistleblower's testimony, there were spills, unsafe use of equipment, mold on walls, ingredient containers, and much more. That's pretty disgusting. And according to one food expert, that the placing a trolley that had moved around the factory floor into a mixer was essentially begging for contamination. And then, of course, the Beyond Meat representatives say this is not really accurate. They found no instances of nonconformance with regulations. Of course, they love to skirt and downplay what happens. And the representative from Beyond Meat was quoted as saying that their standards go above and beyond industry and regulatory standards. Though the comment did not comment on details relating to the leaked document from their Philadelphia plant. And according to third-party audits, including their most recent third-party audit in May 2022, the plant had the highest possible rating in each of the last three years, according to the Beyond Meat spokesperson. And this is not the only instance. The valuation and investor excitement for these products has decreased People have started to not buy the products because they've become increasingly expensive, far more expensive than conventional meat. I hate that we even have to call meat conventional meat, but that's what it is in these days. So these Beyond Meat and Impossible Food products are a lot more expensive than even chicken and beef products. Interestingly enough, additionally, people are becoming increasingly aware that these so-called meat derivatives or plant-based meat derivatives are not very healthy for you. And you don't need to be a nutritionist or an expert to see that. And even different studies coming out from reputable sources like the University of Washington have said that health effects associated with the consumption of unprocessed red meat, according to a most recent burden of proof study, uh, the potential health characteristics and exposures to risk factors such as meat consumption are not as dangerous as believed to be. And it slams many, many years of different shoddy reporting. And so 
The University of Washington scrutinized decades of research on red meat consumption and its links to various health outcomes. They said, we also found, according to University of Washington, while risk for the six outcomes in our analysis combined was minimized at zero grams on processed meat intake per day, the 95% uncertainty interval that incorporated between study heterogeneity was very wide. From zero to 200 grams, D1, while there is some evidence that eating unprocessed red meat is associated with increased risk of disease incidence and mortality, it is weak and insufficient to make stronger or more conclusive recommendations. More rigorous, well-powered research is needed to better understand and quantify the relationship between consumption of unprocessed red meat and chronic disease. Read the study for yourself. The University of Washington is not a quack institution. And when you read that these fake meat alternatives have 20 ingredients, pea protein, all these other associated proteins, you see that they're full of sodium and unknowns, and you're basically putting your health at risk by eating this processed plant derivative, so to speak, when it is now being revealed that red meat consumption is not as dangerous. It doesn't mean you have to gobble pounds and pounds of red meat. You need to balance meat consumption with vegetables. But you're better off eating vegetables and red meat than you are these processed burgers and such. And so I'm not surprised to see Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods also succumb to dwindling, diminished returns because people also see that the culture that they create too, the so-called woke culture, I know you guys hear the term woke, but this is kind of in line with ESG. All these companies, like I said, are touted as these innovative, wonderful, revolutionary companies, and you find out that the management is corrupt, there are unsanitary conditions in their factories, and they also happen to inflate their performance with these environmental, social, and governance metrics and not abide by them. Not surprising. And another interesting thing, they're going to obviously say, okay, we failed on fake meat or it's still profitable, and that uh, there are no beefs, (laughs) no pun intended, uh, with poor earnings even though shares are soaring, according to the New York Post. But I think people are starting to realize that these fads are not profitable, they're not good for your health, and the politics attached with it are also questionable. So that's why we're seeing those companies have their credentials and their reputations called into question, because they're creating this kind of fake excitement and duping people in the process and not making your health better off. But interestingly enough, if they are not satisfied with fake meat, another thing you need to be aware of, The Food and Drug Administration, I'm reading from their website, just gave their signaling of approval on November 16th to allow the development of human food made with cultured animal cells. And this is a company in particular, the product is called Upside Foods. And they were the first company reportedly to receive the FDA green light for cultivated meat as the FDA is accepting their conclusion that cultivated chicken is safe to eat. And according to Upside Foods' press release, they call themselves the leading cultivated meat, poultry, and seafood company, becoming the first company in the world to receive a no-questions letter from the Food and Drug Administration for cultivated meat, poultry, or seafood. The letter signals that the FDA has accepted Upside's conclusion that its cultivated chicken is safe to eat. The agency issued this letter today following a rigorous evaluation. This is a watershed moment in the history of food, said Dr. Uma Valetti, CEO and founder of Upside Foods. 
We started Upside amid a world full of skeptics, and today we've made history again as the first company to receive a no-questions letter from the FDA for cultivated meat. This milestone marks a major step towards a new era in meat production, and I'm thrilled that U.S. consumers will soon have a chance to eat delicious meat that's grown directly from animal cells. According to FDA... They say there is currently no food made from cultured animal cells available for sale in the U.S. market. Manufacturers are generally working on scaling up their processes on consistently produce, to consistently produce amounts large enough to be competitively priced. As these products come closer to market, the FDA is closely monitoring and coordinating with the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Food and Safety, and Inspection Service, which shares jurisdiction over these human food products for certain animal species to ensure that they are safe and accurately labeled. Da, da, da. And you can read both announcements for yourself. But to me, maybe I like to look for patterns. So I see the collapse, inevitable collapse of Beyond Foods and the culture that is stymied from it and this excitement and profitability excitement for it. And it faltered. I'm going to wager and predict we're going to see the same thing with this, especially with this company, Upside Foods. And who are some investors with Upside Foods? Like all these Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods have investors, usually the same investors. I think Al Gore was heavily involved in Impossible Foods and or Beyond Meat. I'm looking here at the crunch-based profile of Upside Food. Who are some of their lead investors and their number of investors? So you go to Crunchbase. You pull up the Upside Foods profile. They have six lead investors. There are a total of 39 investors, and it is funded by different investors, including Circano Management, IndieBio, Synthesis Capital, EDBI, Abu Dhabi Growth Fund, SOSV, Bill Gates, you guys know who he is, Kimball Musk, I think he's the brother of Elon Musk, Bailey Gifford, and Temasek Holdings. And I can't view anything beyond that. And they are saying, according to Crunchbase, the post-money valuation data by Privco, they have a post-valuation, post-money valuation in the range of $1 billion to $10 billion as of April 21st, 2022. And now with this FDA approval to dabble in lab-grown meat derived from animal proteins, I think we're going to see a similar pattern. Is there going to be, we're going to see influencers dispatched to tout upside foods, no doubt about it. Is this company going to have a monopoly in this industry? Are they going to be competitive with poultry, meat, and fish harvesters and producers? I don't really think so because like we're seeing with Beyond Meat and Impossible Food that people are going back to the original stuff. They're seeing that alternatives are not as healthy. What is going into the process to develop these products? Are they really healthy for you? And are they just a fad? Are they just some plaything of these woke environmentalists who want to see the destruction ultimately of farming practices, of ranching practices, and even by extension, traditional harvesting of fish and wildlife under the auspices of hunting and fishing that you do through acquiring licenses and hunting and fishing for your own food. And so these fads to me are very going to be very short-lived beyond meat and impossible foods. And now with this upside foods, again, excitement. You see a pattern. All these investors are flocking to the company. They're going to deploy influencers. You're going to see marketing go, you know, full throttle. You're going to see probably the Biden administration tout this as a ingenious idea. Of course, because many of their backers, I think some of the aforementioned backers that I listed 
are aligned with the Democratic Party. And then you're going to see excitement for that project fail once people realize there are a lot of shortcomings to it. Which brings me to another kind of meat-adjacent story. And I'm not one for calling boycotts. I'm not going to be calling for the boycott of Whole Foods. But I'm really surprised that this company, whose libertarian founder has now left the business and decision-making largely, so I don't think this is coming from him. But whoever is in charge of Whole Foods now has given in to the demands of the Monterey Bay Aquarium and their red list, which has erroneously said that lobster harvesting is contributing to the demise of the North Atlantic right whale. And if you need a primer and refresher on this ordeal, I have a whole episode dedicated to it. It is in the show notes to catch you up to speed. But essentially, the right whale is imperiled. It's an endangered whale. However, the threats to its livelihood are not from most fishermen, including lobstermen. And it has been wholly debunked. You see the Maine delegation. Most of lobster harvesting is carried out in Maine. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It employs thousands of people. And I have discussed at length how scapegoating the lobster for this so-called guise of protecting the right whale is going to have deleterious effects. It doesn't protect the lobstermen, of course, when they get displaced from their industry, and it doesn't help the whales. And so according to Fox News, Maine delegation members, largely Democrats and a handful of Republicans, have actually lambasted Whole Foods in deciding to no longer sell lobsters caught off the coast of Maine in response to the Monterey Bay Aquarium's red list, which again, erroneously claims that the lobster industry is imperiling the right whale. And according to a statement from Governor Janet Mills, along with Senators Susan Collins and Angus King and Representative Pingreen and Jared Golden, they say, we're disappointed by Whole Foods' decision and deeply frustrated that the Marine Stewardship Council's suspension of the lobster industry's certificate of sustainability continues to harm the livelihoods of hardworking men and women up and down Maine's coast. Whole Foods announced, according to Fox News, that it would stop selling lobster from the Gulf of Maine at hundreds of its stores across the country earlier this month. The company cited decisions by a pair of sustainability organizations that pooled their support for the lobster fishing industry. The Marine Stewardship Council and Seafood Watch, Seafood Watch is a subsidiary of the Monterey Bay Aquarium, who authors these red lists, and they recently pulled their endorsements over concerns about the risk to North Atlantic right whales from fishing gear. Entanglement in gear is one of the biggest threats to whales. However, the lobster industry has long debunked that they're contributing to this. For the past two or three decades, they have had no involvement in entanglements, and they have worked very studiously to ensure that the right whale is not endangered by their efforts. And it's had a 150-year industry of sustainability, if you guys are not already aware If you're working in an extractive or an intensive industry, such as lobstering or energy development, you have to abide by very strict environmental standards. Do you really think lobstermen would want to jeopardize their standing in hurting whales or ruining their resources or extorting the resources or rather exploiting the resources and and leaving things worse than they are currently? No, This is, again, fear-mongering from environmentalists, radical preservationists, rather, and this is going to have devastating effects. I don't understand what Whole Foods is doing. Why are they caving to pressure here? I think this is really stupid. I don't know if it's going to affect their bottom line. 
I just think this is a foolish move from the supermarket giant. I wouldn't boycott them. I'll still shop them occasionally. I don't go to them. They're not my go-to. They're really expensive. But I think a lot of customers will say, well, if I can't get lobster from Whole Foods, I'm going to go to competitors like Giant, or I'm going to go to uh, different places and shop at Aldi or go to Safeway or other places that offer lobster and have not caved to these demands. And so this is very disappointing. I'm glad to see, however, that the main delegation are fighting this tooth and nail. It's not just Republicans who are opposed to this. You actually see Democrats who largely run Maine also being in opposition to this as well. And that's kind of an overview of what is happening in the meat world and meat policy. And I have interviewed a lot of ranchers, farmers, fishermen, and other people who are heavily invested in these industries, meat altogether. These people love their flock. They love the cows that they raise and that they sell to market, that they love you know, stewarding resources. Why would they want to destroy beautiful farmland? Why would they want to undermine conservation easements? Why would they want to leave worse off for the planet? You can also, if you're curious, go to a report I did in Florida, how cows keep Florida green to learn how farming is sustainable. It is not extractive. It is not destructive as a lot of critics make it out to be. I think I'm going to go up to Maine maybe next year. I think we need to do a Conservation Nation episode up there because this is becoming problematic and I don't see any relief coming from the Biden administration, maybe they'll step in. But given what they've done elsewhere in energy and conservation, I'm not hopeful there. But perhaps urging from the main delegation may propel them to change. We shall see. But that is kind of an overview of what is happening in the realm of meat stemming from the faltering of the fake meat industry, the FDA approving lab-grown meat, and why I think it's going to be another fad like these alternatives, so to speak. And what is happening on lobster, the continued attack on lobster fishing. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.